on a mission. It's a mission to turn our world upside down. That happens when people hear the good news of Jesus. So get ready for God to turn you upside down. So this will be our final episode for the season, season number three. Thanks again for being a listener to our podcast, to Mission Upside Down. In this episode, we're going to especially highlight the most popular episodes of the past season. Now, of course, the most popular episodes are those that were listened to by more listeners than other episodes. And with all things popular, we should remember some of the risks that go along with popularity. For example, what's popular is often different from what's most important. Let me repeat that. What's popular is often different from what's most important. Uh, The Kardashians, for example, have been most popular on TV and on social media, but in terms of our lives, in terms of human history, are they important? No, not really. I wish that popularity didn't influence us as followers of Jesus, but we live in this world and therefore we're impacted by our culture and its values. I once knew the owner of a Christian bookstore. He was a member of one of the churches I pastored. And I sometimes would shop at his bookstore, and at times I was disappointed that he didn't have higher quality books in his store. But he said this, and I found I had to agree. Look, I could try to sell what I think are the best Christian books, in my opinion, but then probably this store would go out of business because people won't buy the most important books. I simply have to sell what people want to buy. And what they're buying are the books written by popular pastors, by TV preachers especially. And so it is that most Christian bookstores today feature best-selling books by TV preachers and teachers, books by Joel Osteen and John Hagee and Joyce Meyer and others, others who have very large followings. Their books are indeed popular. But when you finish with one of their books and step back and ask, in view of the Bible, are these really that important? Are these teachings biblically and theologically important? Well, With most of the books, on most of those pages, I would have to say no, they're really not that important. Now let me explain. I I know this sounds quite arrogant and, and prideful, but you see, from my own perspective, the most important things for followers of Jesus are those things which help us understand him better, that help us understand who Jesus is and why he came to earth, and particularly how we're saved by Jesus and how in thankfulness we should be living for Jesus. And since Jesus ultimately is the focus of all the Bible, I would say that the most important things are those which help us understand the Bible, the main teachings of the Bible. The Apostle Peter urges believers to be growing, quote, in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus. That is to know him better, that is personally and experientially, but also knowing the right teachings about Jesus. For example, why he came to this earth, why he died on that cross, how in Jesus God was sovereignly working out his plan, a plan that started already in the book of Genesis with creation and the fall of our first parents, 
and how God in his plan eventually chose Abraham to be the father of all believers, not just the father of the Jewish people. That Abraham, according to the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, is the father also of all non-Jewish believers. That Jews and Gentiles who trust in Jesus have Abraham as their father. And that all the blessings promised to Abraham in Genesis are essentially the same blessings for us today in Jesus. Those are among some of the main biblical teachings that all of us, all of us should be knowing. So I would say beware of sermons or books or podcasts or teachings today that are only popular, that draw in a big crowd. What's popular, even in Christian circles, might actually not be that important. In fact, oftentimes, many popular teachings can distract us or pull us away from the essential teachings of the Bible. Here at Mission Upside Down, we're trying to be faithful to the essential teachings of the Bible. Not that every episode is on one of those essential teachings, but every episode is consistent with the essential teachings of the Bible. Now, I know that every Christian preacher and teacher says they're trying to do that, to explain the Bible to people. But I think that we have a stronger claim. And again, that sounds prideful. It sounds a bit arrogant. How do I dare say that? Because, you see, we're not discovering these main biblical truths on our own. We're not discovering the essence of the Bible and the essence of the gospel based on our own private research or on our own personal intelligence or on our own personal creativity. Rather, we're depending on those who've gone before us. Not only the writers of the biblical books inspired by God to write what they have written in the 66 books of the Bible, but we're incredibly helped by the earliest pastors and teachers of the church that after the original apostles died, those they instructed in that second and third generation are those who knew so much of the gospel and the essence of the Christian faith. And we're helped also by the earliest summaries of key biblical teachings. I think of those summaries that we call the creeds of the church, such as the earliest creed, already in its main lines written in the second century AD, today known as the Apostles' Creed and also the Nicene Creed and the Athanasian Creed of the 4th century. We're also being guided here at Mission Upside Down by leading pastors in church history, such as St. Augustine of North Africa, and St. Anselm of Canterbury, and St. Bernard of Clairvaux, France. These, along with many others, have pointed us to the essential teachings in the Bible, Oh, when you read all their writings, sometimes it seems they wander a bit, and any of us can do that. Even the best pastor can wander from the essential teachings of the Bible and start raising speculative points of teaching. But my point is simply this. Today, we're standing on the shoulders of those who've gone before us to help us identify the basic and essential biblical truths, the most important teachings of the Bible, things that every follower of Jesus should know today. All this is also true, of course. As the later centuries rolled by and the church became headquartered in Rome, 
then a whole series of problems presented themselves, starting with the fact that the Pope was declared to be infallible, that everything he said officially from his throne was equal to God's word. And so many teachings and man-made practices entered the church. So, like we always must do, the church teachings of those days have to be compared to biblical teachings. And where the Bible disagrees with them, those human teachings simply have to be rejected. Now, thankfully, throughout history, God was raising up those who rejected many man-made practices and beliefs. There were some godly men and women and some very wise scholarly men, even in the 13th and 14th and 15th century, who sought to bring the Church of Rome back to the Bible. And in the 16th century, I'm sure you know how God raised up biblical scholars like Dr. Martin Luther and Professor John Calvin. At that point, the floodgates were opened as pastors were led to rediscover basic Bible teachings and they preached and taught those teachings to their churches. And soon summaries of those teachings were written down in the 16th and 17th centuries. These became some of the statements of faith for most of the churches in those days. Here at Mission Upside Down, we're in agreement with so many of those old statements of biblical belief the documents which give the most essential teachings of the Bible. Well, all of this is a roundabout way of trying to encourage you to continue to learn the basics and not, not to get caught up in what might be popular on Christian television today. Be particularly suspicious if someone on YouTube or on TV or in a book declares that they and they alone have discovered a new teaching, something that no one else has understood before. That's a huge red flag. So let me turn to the top 10 episodes of this past season, from September 2021 to the end of May 2022. If you missed any of these episodes, you might want to go back and check them out, especially as we're off for the summer. Now, admittedly, not each of those episodes were on essential biblical teachings. We at Mission Upside Down also have to keep an ear open to what's going out in the churches and what people are asking about today. So a couple of our most popular episodes in the past nine months were tied particularly to the Christmas season. Maybe some people had extra time during the Christmas weeks. They were off from school or work and perhaps took extra time to listen to these podcasts. In December 2021, we had a conversation with another pastor, and the two of us were reflecting on some of the best songs of the Christmas season and some of the worst songs. We also talked about why Jesus' birth seems to be celebrated so widely, such a big celebration, so much more than Jesus' death and resurrection. Why is that? In the Bible, if you look at it carefully, the details of Jesus' birth are quickly passed by, and the focus in the Gospels is on Jesus' adult life and on his final suffering and death on the cross. Why today is there so much singing about and talking about the baby Jesus and about Bethlehem? It's a good question, isn't it? We try to answer that in those episodes in December. Also in the top 10 was another one, also connected to the Christmas season. 
December 2021. It's entitled, Surprised by God's Gift. Surprised by God's Gift. And that's referring to God's gift of Jesus to us. And in fact, his gift to our world. It's based on that super familiar Bible verse, John 3, verse 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. He gave Jesus to our world. He gave Jesus to us as a free gift, an undeserved and unexpected gift. You know, I think that episode is a good one for any time of the year to be reminded of God's free gift to us. Now, turning from Jesus' first coming to his second coming at the end of time, in the list of the ten most popular was this episode, simply entitled, The Second Coming of Jesus. You'll find it if you scroll back to November 2021. It was actually the first of a three-part series on the end times. The first one aired on November 10. It had the title, Living in the Last Days. You know, so many believers, so many followers of Jesus have been wondering lately if we might actually be in the last days. I mean, Matthew chapter 24 and parts of the book of Revelation refer to a great pestilence in the last days. And and verses in those chapters will talk about food shortages and, and famines and about nations going to war. Well, with COVID and with famines in our world, And with Russia starting a war, some are thinking that maybe we are in the last days. Then again, maybe we're not. So give a listen to that three-part series in November. Again, in that series, we're trying to outline the most important things that the Bible tells us, that God tells us about the end times. Things on which All true followers of Jesus must be agreed upon. We're not going into detail. We're not going into speculation. Again, we're focusing on the basics. Well, I'm glad that in the top 10 episodes in this past year was also an episode from a series on the book of Romans. Just a short series, four parts, looking at chapters 1 through 4 of the book of Romans. Out of the 27 books of the New Testament, I think I would rank Romans just behind the Gospels. In Romans, the Apostle Paul, that great missionary, lays out the main themes of the Gospel. He says it clearly in his opening words in Romans chapter 1. The Gospel, that good news about Jesus, especially the good news about Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. That Gospel, Paul says in Romans 1, literally is God's power unto salvation. The news of that gospel message heard by us, received into our hearts, literally becomes God's power that raises us up from spiritual death. And it's a power that gives us spiritual life. Out of that new life, we're enabled to put our faith, our personal trust in Jesus, so that then we know ourselves to be justified. Oh, that's such a key word in biblical teaching. The doctrine, the biblical teaching of justification, make sure you know what it means. So take a listen to those episodes on the first chapters of the book of Romans. It's really part of what could be called Christianity 101. If Christianity were a college course, a university course, we could call this Christianity 101, just based on the opening chapters of Romans.
Also of interest to many of our listeners was one episode about single adults in the church, unmarried adults. The first was broadcast on October 20, 2021. It was entitled, The Goodness of Singleness. The Goodness of Singleness. And the follow-up was the next week, October 27. Three Myths About Singleness. And that one was based on a book that I would highly recommend. If you're a single adult, an unmarried adult, or if you know someone who's wondering about being single, get that book. You know, we often overlook the fact that the Apostle Paul says this about being single or unmarried, that singleness in the Lord is actually a good thing. It's not a bad thing. (laughs) Contrary to the opinions of many believers today, singleness is not a bad thing. It's actually, according to the Bible, a good thing. Of course, it's good to be married also, if you're called to that. But in those episodes, we look at how Paul says there are some very unique benefits to being single in the Lord. And I'm convinced we all have to do more to encourage the adult singles in our churches. You know, someone asked me the other day what I might suggest in reading from the Bible as part of regular devotions for the summer season. The one who was asking is a, is a younger person. He didn't want something too deep. I suggested the Gospel of John. Let me pass along that suggestion to you for this summer. If you haven't read the Gospel of John recently, why not work through it this summer? Now, some of the chapters are quite long, so maybe it's best to just take a half a chapter a day. With 21 chapters in the book of John, if you divide those chapters into two parts... That will give you readings for 42 days this summer, and that will cover most of your summer reading. And as a result, I think you'll come to know Jesus better. And hopefully you'll be encouraged and empowered to be living for him more and more. Now, if you happen to want something a bit more challenging, a little deeper, then why not reread the book of Romans? Read the lines slowly. Paul, the Apostle Paul, packs so much into each line, each verse, each paragraph. So you have to read the lines slowly, carefully. But maybe focus on just the first eight chapters, Romans chapters 1 through 8. It'd be excellent summer reading. You know, some people prefer to listen to the Bible instead of reading it to listen to the Bible as someone else reads it to them online. In my own devotions, I sometimes use the website Blue Letter Bible. All one word, Blue Letter Bible. On the main page, the home page, when you get there, you have to look around for the controls and you can enter in any chapter of the Bible. And then look, there's a little, a little command, a little click where you have the option of not only picking a certain Bible version, among several versions, but some of those Bible versions have the option for playing an audio version. I find sometimes it's just better to listen to someone else reading so that you can hear the words through another person's voice. By the way, if you want it in Spanish, it's also available there at Blue Letter Bible. One last thing. You know, our name is Mission Upside Down. We take that name from Acts chapter 17, verse 6. There we read about some people in those days who were terribly opposed to Jesus. They didn't know much about him, but they were just opposed to him. 
And they really dislike those who are following Jesus and those particularly who are talking about Jesus, preaching about Jesus. And specifically, those opponents said this about the followers of Jesus, that they were, quote, turning the world upside down. That's how it's translated in the English Standard Version. Turning the world upside down. You know, I wonder how many people would say that about us today as Jesus' people, that we're turning everything upside down. And how about for you this summer? Will God, through his word, the Bible, turn you upside down this summer? You know, all of us need that. I need it too. It's so easy to be impacted by our prevailing culture, by our prevailing society, and to slowly start to adopt the world's ideas and the world's priorities and the world's values. But when God, by his word, moves us to trust Jesus and to follow Jesus, well, something happens, something big. Our world, our thinking, our priorities, our values, everything gets turned upside down. Oh, not that we leave the world. No, we have to live in the world. Even Jesus says that. And we can enjoy many things in this world. Remember, it's part of what God created in the beginning and what he intended. But so much of the world today has also become warped and twisted by the effects of human sin and and evil in society. That's why the good news of Jesus is really, really good news. It's also transformative. The message of Jesus, especially about his death and resurrection and is now reigning from heaven, it goes to the very heart of who we are and how we're to live in this world. And that good news of Jesus and living for him really becomes central to everything that we think and say and do. No matter who we are and what we're doing, what stage in life we are, whether we're a student or a spouse or a single adult or a young parent or an empty nester or simply as we're working at our job or we're a member of some church. Everything in Jesus gets turned upside down. From another way of viewing it, with Jesus, everything is really getting turned right side up. You see, once we know Jesus and we're following him, then things really get turned right side up. To some degree, you see, through Jesus, we're returned, turned back to what God our Maker intended for us and our world in the very beginning. So for this summer, I hope that God continues to turn you and me upside down, turning us away from ourselves, away from the preoccupations of this world, away from what's so popular in this world, and that by his word and through his spirit, he will turn us right side up toward himself. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Randall. This podcast is produced by my brothers in Christ, Dennis and Moses. Won't you tell your friends about us? We're Mission Upside Down. Thank you.